Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder. everybody welcome to oddcast movies music and gaming and today i'm here with dan as always hello dan hey how's it going yes very well thank you and uh, what, you what have you been up to how you been no, oh. what have you been up to what have i been up to um mm. i have been watching the amazon prime series the boys have you watched any of that i talked about this last time i can't remember we, yeah you um you were chatting about this last week uh oh, it's a superhero yeah. thing isn't it Super thing. Yeah, it was good. Um, that's it. <laughs> I haven't watched anything else. Um, you you did watch the, a lot uh, the week before, though, to be fair. You needed a week off. Yeah, I did, yeah, just to chill. Um, I was talking to you about, uh, off, off um, podcast, uh, about a musician called Eliza Douglas, which I saw at a um, Burberry fashion show thing. Yeah, um, old, old Dougie. And, yeah, ED. And um, yeah, it's uh, pretty good, pretty good stuff. That's the only musical thing of note, really, that has happened the last week. What kind of music uh, is it? Um, it's quite a drony, indie, alternative um, rock. It's not rock, really. It's not rock at all, <laughs> but it's all... Um, yeah, it's kind of shoegazy a little bit. Um, yeah, I quite like it. It's quite cool. Hmm. What's it's the name very again? Hip. It's very, very now. Eliza Douglas. 
hot tip coming at you. Anyone listening? Yeah. I've been listening to the new King Gizzard song, the third song from the oh, yeah. presumably upcoming album, although I don't think they've announced an album uh, yet. Uh, it's called Straws Against the Wind. Uh, mm. Seems to be probably my favourite one so far. So, oh, wow. kind of looking forward of the, to Of it. the new stuff, you mean? Yeah, of the, yeah, of the, of the three songs uh, that have come out recently. Um, it seems... It, I don't know. I can't quite figure out what the vibe is for this album. I'm not as excited as I have been for previous albums either, but, uh, you know, well, I look forward to seeing what they deliver. Mm. Aside from that, that, listening to that one song, (laughs) um, do you know what? I listened to a a cheap, not cheap trick, um, Killing Joke album. You ever listened to any Killing Joke? Oh, yeah. Which one? Yeah. Uh, Um, Gone. Democracy. Like only what's on Spotify, basically, on the list. I haven't listened to any actual bodies of work. Yeah, because I've only ever heard like, a handful of songs. And um, someone recommended me to listen to this album, Democracy, from, I can't remember, it's yeah. like mid-90s. Um, it's not on Spotify. Yeah. And okay. it's like, it's the most mid-90s... <laughs> album i can imagine it's really really? yeah it's like the kind of post-grunge alternative with an industrial edge um i'm not sure i really enjoyed it but it was interesting listening to them you know because obviously i consider like their prime heyday is probably like like the early 80s yeah um yeah they're one of those bands that are interesting because you know, they start out as kind of, I, I imagine, like I haven't listened to much of this stuff, but they look like kind of like the post-punk thing, like a bit mm-hmm. a bit grim. And then in the mid-80s, they seemed to like go a bit more commercial and had stuff on major labels. Like I found one of their yeah. albums up in the in the loft with like my sister's record collection. Um, and then they seem to have gone back to like being on the fringes later on. Mm. Um, That's interesting. And this was the last album they did before they had a break. And then when they came back in like 2002, it was that album they did with um, Dave Grohl on drums. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think he kind of did did it as a favour to them um, as a bit of a thank you for dropping the whole uh, court court case case. around Come As You Are. I always find that weird, just speaking of that a bit, so that, yeah, they've got a song called 80s, which has basically the same riff as Come As You Are. And... I think Kurt was very aware of that. And, um, yeah, by the time it got released, um, to the time when they were like putting together the court case, Kurt had released it. It had gone through the motions and he was dead basically. So they, um, so they dropped it and it's kind of, it just makes you realize like how brief basically that whole Nirvana fame, um, really was for the fact that, yeah, by the time they've actually got their shit together, He's already killed himself. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is like, you will hear it and be like, oh yeah, it is basically almost exactly the same. I think it's not only like the actual riff, but the kind of reverb, it's like drenched in reverb as well. Um, yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. But uh, yeah. To I be fair. I actually played on the record. To be fair, Kurt mm-hmm. took it and, you know, made a far, far better song, in my opinion. Um, so... Yeah. 
I mean, it is a better song, but I, st- I still really like 80s. I still think it's a good yeah. song. Yeah. No, I enjoy it, but I, I think Coming to Your House is just a lot better. Yeah. Better. Um, mm. Anyway. What we, uh, we're not talking about music today, yeah. are we? What are we doing? Well, we are in a way, Dan, because today <laughs> we are going to be talking about the game Res. So Dan, before I go into Res, do you know anything about it? We kind of discussed it briefly last week, but do you know anything about it before we go in? Um, I've done a little bit of reading around it and I watched the walkthrough video. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's all, all I know. I mean, it sounded pretty interesting, but when I was watching that walkthrough video, I was like, oh my God, this makes me feel so old. Um not yeah. because not because I was recognizing it and getting like nostalgia or anything. I was just like, there's just so much going on. And <laughs> I've got like, shapes and colours just flying at me and and mm. dance music and things pulsing and colours and shapes and I just want it to stop. <laughs> it is um yeah, it's uh there's a lot. There's a lot happening. So f- for people that that don't know basically it's a game that um is uh it's basically set in like this computer world a bit like tron and all this stuff and that's part of the reason why it got the name res actually was because of um being derezzed or whatever in term uh. in, in tron and that he took that as i think i want to say like rest in tron is something like saying resolved or whatever like and they turned it into rest and then he just took res um and yeah gave it the title um for mm. this game but it's got very um it's got synergy with music in that it's not just got a soundtrack uh you're actually as you're playing the game you're creating music with the music if that makes sense so every little thing that you do creates a sound essentially you're in what's called like a rail shooter and what okay. that means is that you're not moving the person you're on rails like a train. So you're just getting pulled through the game and you don't have to move in that direction. You know, don't physically move anything. What you're moving is your aiming reticule and you're moving that across the screen. And then what you're doing is basically anything that you go across and you hold kind of like a shoot button, but whatever you hold a button, it will kind of like lock onto it. And then when you let go, it will um, essentially fire. So I think you can hold on to like up to eight um, targets, let's say. And then if you hold it up and let it go, it's like a bit of a crescendo. So the more targets you hold on to, like the kind of better noise, the kind of more, um, because you kind of like, you're building up a bit of like a special power called an overdrive as well. Um, and that builds up more, I believe, the like, more you're actually locking onto, but obviously it depends kind of what's going on on the screen. So that might sound quite complicated, but honestly, it is really not. Essentially, you're just moving this reticule, you're hovering over whatever's coming at you or whatever you've got to kind of shoot down, which is pretty obvious. And um, yeah, and you're kind of shooting it. 
Um, and then it all kind of does it with the music and with the rhythm. So like that is essentially the entire game, but it's all this like stuff that's going on around you. And it is like, you're in this like weird nineties, um, like lawnmower man. Um, yeah. What they thought of VR and all this stuff. Um, that's, uh, why, vibe to it. why does it, I mean, that's what I thought of, uh, initially was lawnmower man. Mm. Um, which came out in like what 1991 or something 91 92 yeah but this is what 10 years later so mm. why does it look so shit or was like <laughs> well, it would a have conscious been... decision yeah well it's not um you have to think like what was going on so this was um so i'll kind of go into a little bit into the actual detail of it so it was um developed by a company called united game artists and it was published by sega for both the Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2. Now, I had it on the PlayStation 2. I didn't have a Dreamcast, but this was one of the, um, let's say, kind of final games for Dreamcast in a sense of that's why it went cross-platform because the Dreamcast was basically dead. Yeah. The sales they needed, it wasn't as popular, even though it's kind of cherished as this, um, you know, this great system at the time. And uh, a lot of people loved it and still do. And that's great. And it, you know, it was a great um, console. It just didn't, unfortunately, didn't get the numbers. And that's why Sega, all the games they started making for Dreamcast, they were like, well, we're going to have to do it across other platforms because basically it's not working for Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah. So it was released on PS2 as well. So, um, so you have to think, obviously, like what was kind of going on at that time. So, uh, you know, there wasn't... Um, the reason why you might think it looks a bit shit is just because just that was kind of what was going on at the time, but also purposefully it's got its own right. kind of style. Um, yeah, I was being a bit flippant there. A lot, I did see a lot of people professing about, uh, you know, the look of this. Obviously there are some limitations, I suppose, that caused them to design it like that. But at the same time, it looks like they've, you know, worked around those to develop a very specific kind of aesthetic that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, keep in mind, uh, games take a long, a long time to basically develop. And this yeah. does feel like, you know, it's that nineties, it's got that nineties feel, especially with the music, which we'll kind of come on to. But, um, yeah, so it was released in Japan in 2001 and then it came out over here and in the States in 2002. Um, and it's had a couple of releases since then. So it got uh, ported to Xbox 360, um, which was Res HD, which is that you always says on the tin. It's an HD version. I've played that and completed that as well. Um, and that was 2008, I think it was here. And then more recently in 2016, they released Res Infinite, which again was like a kind of another, um, got a bit of a touch up. Um, and it also was playable in PlayStation VR, which I also played it in because I have that. Um, and it also had like an extra level that was developed specifically for VR in mind, and it was called Area X. And that one's a bit different because obviously it's in VR, but you're yeah. still kind of on rails, but you're looking around rather than just being like kind of generally looking in front of you. All the targets are kind of 360 around you pretty much. What's um, that like? I can imagine. And that was good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it made me feel sick. I'm going to be honest. Like this was, <laughs> there's some VR games and it depends on like the mood and stuff, but um, 
as in like what mood I'm in. And if I've had like a long day, I've had a lot to drink, like beer or something, it would probably make me feel even more sick. But um, there's some games It seems to lend that, itself to that experience though. Yeah, it was just yeah. the constant head move and looking and trying to tap stuff just after like five minutes, I was just like, this is making me really queasy. I'm, quite, I'm a little bit queasy now actually thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but That'd it was good. What, microphone. Yeah. Um, the difference with this one is that they kind of, um, they made it, uh, the effects are a lot better obviously, but um, instead of it being so blocky, they've gone kind of the other way and made it a lot more like, uh, I don't know, like pixelated, but in like, like pixel dust almost like everything's like um there's a lot more depth and everything's like scattering in these like how do i say it like sand in the wind or something um so it's got like an another kind of like beauty it feels just a bit more bigger and epic Mm. um and yeah and there's also like the music feels a little bit more modern i'd still say it keeps to that kind of european um, electronica sensibility that uh, we'll kind of go into a bit later. Um, it still kind of harkens with that, but it just feels a bit more um, up to date, but like barely, really. And <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty short as well. I think it's you can do it in like 15 minutes or something. Um, 15 minutes? Yeah, it's not a big one. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it ends with like, um, it ends with like this woman basically it's like huge bust of a woman or something with like long um blonde hair but the blonde hair is kind of waving about and it's all made of like pixel dust stuff that i keep calling yeah um i saw that like the whole thing was very pretty it's like um some kind of you're meant to be like leveling up or something i was like is this Mm. some sort of secret scientology game like you've reached (laughs) operating thetan level 14 and I think Scientology to, uh, was like, yeah, it's copied computer games because you're right, it's just like all that leveling up or whatever. Um, there's something, yeah, but there's something in there, isn't there? Like, I don't know, it's like some sort of concept about uh, reaching your next like evolutionary stage or something. That's right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, I think it says something yeah, about it's very it on much each level. That. Yeah, so it's trying to have like... Um, We'll kind of get onto the story because when I was researching this, I didn't realize it had an actual plot. I knew ah. that there was kind of like a spirituality to it. And yeah. the idea is that, um, yeah, so you kind of, um, instead of like lives, you're, you're basically, um, when you get hit or whatever, you're taken down kind of like an evolutionary notch. So you start as this... Uh-huh. Um, kind of like weird robot guy who's like made of like slices or something of stuff. Um, and then I think you can, uh, I can't, I can't remember what the be- most basic one, it might be just like this one pixel or something weird. Um, but you basically oh, yeah, when it started, up. you're just like a, a stick or like a cheese string or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, you kind of get a bit more like, well, flesh on the bones almost. Then you become like a, the and then like a baby basically or whatever and you're like kind of turning as if you're turning into like a human you're becoming more human and more like uh yeah like further along the evolutionary scale but also like in terms of like you're reaching like almost like a higher spiritual plane or something like Do you know that what? as you're going up this sounds almost exactly the same and some of the visuals and aesthetics of this as that um gizver stuff that we spoke about on the king gizzard episode oh, right. yeah 
Yeah. It's like that thing about like the Polygon, cyborg slowly yeah. becoming more human and then yeah. reaching like some existential level of evolutionary perfection. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe that's kind of what, what this is. Yeah, maybe they played it and were like, but it's, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, yeah, do, we'll do that. We we'll made that the basis mm. of our uh, whole career. Sixteen albums. Yeah, yeah why not? Um, but yeah, it's kind of like it follows the same kind of tropes as um, like a game does in a sense of like you have different levels. Um, it gets harder as you go along. That's what she said. Um, Hello. But <laughs> but yeah, you've got all kinds of different kinds of enemies, and you do have like bosses. So there's an element of like puzzle solving to it as well. Um, okay. and you know, there's like, you get like missiles coming at you, but other things are happening and you've got to like prioritize one thing over another and, you know, know when to like, um, shoot essentially like hold and shoot and then hold and shoot again or whatever. So there's a kind of tactical element to it as well. It's not just like a simple point and shoot. Um, though it may, it does kind of feel like that when you begin but there's actually as you go along there's a lot more to it and you have to be a bit more tactical with how you're approaching it um and yeah there's things that you pick up along the way <clears throat> that will give you um the thing called overdrive which basically kind of if i remember rightly kind of makes you invincible essentially um for like a short period of time so you've got all these things kind of flying at you and um yeah you're doing it to the music which kind of speeds up as you're going through but the cool thing is it's like you're kind of feeling it so like the the body that you are because it's you're kind of like behind the figure it's kind of like pulsing with the beat all these things are happening around you but when you like um as you're shooting as you're locking on and all these things they're making little noises which are kind of going um over the music but fit perfectly so it's almost yeah. as if by just playing you're creating your own unique song, if that makes sense. And there's this like symbiosis almost between you, the game and the music that you're hearing. So it creates this quite like nice Zen state. Um, and this game's often, whenever I used to go to um, a lot of uh, like game, like museum or stuff like things in art galleries and whatever, Res was usually always there so even though i don't think it's sold very well but it definitely got like a cult following and wow. it was seen as like um it's just seen as like games as art in a sense of um it's still very much a game but it's more to do with the music it's pretty simple to play um and it's not like a traditional game which made it when it's been developed very hard to sell because mm. the guy um I've, I've got his name here what's it uh tetsuya Mizuguchi, um, who had done Luminez, which was quite a popular kind of rhythm, rhythm-esque game. Um, it's very hard for him to get it off the ground because he had trouble describing what he wanted to actually make. Um, which yeah, it's a hard pitch. Yeah. Um, but it's great. And it all kind of syncs with, you know, what's going on. It was originally, as we said, kind of for Dreamcast, um, the vibration of uh, the controller was part of it as well to kind of you know kind of pull you in as a user um and yet it had all these like cryptic messages in it so you're not really sure what's kind of going on and it doesn't it doesn't really matter but um yeah the idea is it's that uh thing of like life and technology and like living things or whatever 
Um, and I quite like all that stuff anyway, if you know what I mean, like kind of parallels between, you know, electronic life and natural life or whatever. Biological yeah, life. it's a bit uh, Philip K. Dick. Mm. Yeah, it is. Very, very much so. Um, and yeah, people still think of it as like, uh, some people think it's like the Dreamcast's best title, basically. Um, and I can kind of see that because it was very pretty mm. at the time. Um, and it was just, it was just generally like a cool game. Um, Were there any other games, um, doing anything similar in regards to that whole, you know, it's not just about the completing the levels and it's, it's about the experience that you're having and that's fun and pleasurable. Yeah. Yeah. There had been like other kind of rhythm based, um, games, but, uh, this was like the first one, um, the, did it felt more like an experience than a game, mm. if that makes sense. And that hadn't mm. really been done before. Like the rest of it, there had been like rhythm-based stuff or like puzzle games, which were set to a rhythm or something like that. Like Luminous a little bit. And, um, but this was like, yeah, this was like a showcase piece almost. And because it was short as well, keep in mind, like yeah. you do the whole thing in like an hour or whatever, an hour and a bit. Um, and, you know, th- it doesn't, it's enough. I think if you did any more than that, it's like five levels or something and if it resonates from that, it's like a sixth level, whatever it is. That's enough. Like you don't need to do more than that. You, it's enough for you to have your feel and it kind of like, you know, checks out at the right, at the right time. It um, almost sounds like a kind of, um, like a de-stressing kind of thing rather than a game, you know. Yeah. You put it on it like is, a yeah. piece of music and you sit there and you just, uh, well, let yourself just kind of, get engaged and drawn in and chill out and drift away right. through. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's very, um, it's very satisfying because obviously mm. it's kind of like with the beats and everything just being released. Um, uh, sorry, being like, um, triggered basically, um, in sync with the music and stuff. You're yeah. in this kind of like rhythm with it and it's every, it's all very satisfying. Um, and you're manipulating. But it. yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And you're, you're the one yeah. doing it. Um, so yeah. there is a story um, about this. And okay. I'm just going to read it out of what I've got here. Stuff Wikipedia, basically. But um, uh, in the future, amid a rising population and an overflowing amount of information corrupting cyberspace, a new network dubbed K-Project is created to manage the data. At the heart of K-Project is an artificial intelligence called Eden. Overwhelmed by the ever-increasing flow of information, Eden begins doubting its purpose and existence, withdrawing into sleep at the heart of cyberspace when finally confronted with humanity's clashing nature and actions in the real world. The player, a hacker, dives into cyberspace and fights off viruses and infected firewalls to find and wake Eden. When they reach the final area, the hacker is confronted with questions about the meaning of life, then, after a final battle, succeeds in reconstituting and waking Eden. Huh. So weird existentialism. Yeah, nice and not too complicated to grasp, is it? And uh... no, I didn't get any of that. Keep in mind, like when I was yeah. playing, I'm just playing. I'm just playing this weird music game. Um, but yeah, it's nice I to have a little of bit of backstory. Going. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the funny things I found out was that whilst they were like trying to. Um, for them, like feeling the vibration was important um, when people were playing. 
And they mm. actually, they actually put together like a thing called, um, what was it? A trance vibrator or something, <laughs> which was made specifically for it. Um, oh, and yeah. the idea was that, you, that just, you could kind of, yeah, exactly. You could kind of put it anywhere and feel the vibrations from there. Outrageous. Um, uh, yeah. And apparently, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> the, uh, the guy, Mizuguchi, um, he admitted that uh, this lent itself to situations where it could be used for sexual stimulation. I wonder how I many um, people have been sent to A&E to have one removed from their rectum. <laughs> yeah. Have we got any stats yeah, exactly. on that? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. I don't think they kept a record specifically of that. Um, Was this game pitched been, uh, almost... I can imagine him like <laughs> going around like Sega and trying to pitch this game and no one getting it. And he's like, look, basically... It's for the chemsex scene. It feels. It does feel like that. I mean, I think he said that. I'm reading here. It's like the player gets realizes basically that they're not a hacker, but a sperm. <laughs> the idea that this is all about conception. Um, uh, I did think quite funny, um, but- earlier actually. I think after you're like basically a stick or a bit of string. They become this kind of like sperm-like sliver of of white. Um, yeah, you turn yeah. into a baby. You've become a baby at one point um, on the evolutionary scale, I believe. Um, so it makes sense, like in its own weird way. Huh. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, and that's kind of it. So there's not um, in terms of the, the actual game itself. It's very. It's quite short. It's very simple. Um, you can go back and, you know, once you've completed, you can go back and do levels and try and, you know, 100% it and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, the, one of the things about it um, is uh, that, yeah, the um, creator of the game, Mitsuguchi, wanted to basically have a soundtrack that was to do with like the whole Euro, European uh, you know, dance, I suppose, or electronic scene. Yeah. And I just thought, yeah, did you, what did you think about the, the actual music that ran through it? I mean, I've got a few <laughs> things to say about it, but just wondering what you, what you thought. Um, it's quite dated, I think, isn't it? It's very much of its time. I, I thought, you know, it, it made sense. It seemed to match what I was seeing on screen. I thought, you know, in 2001, 2002, it's totally appropriate. Um, mm. But, I mean, it gave me a bloody headache. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't be able to play this game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> he, he went in, I mean, you've got to think this was, it's just kind of like the height of that scene, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and you can kind of tell. Um, but yeah, he wanted to basically recreate that uh, within this game. I think he used a lot of Fatboy Slim and uh, is it Underground? Not Underground, Underworld. Um, when uh, as like tracks, uh, hold place, um, placeholders. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say um, I didn't hear any of that in there. No, so that would have been he good. Ended up using a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was a half lot of expecting um, like it. <laughs> I was half expecting. I'm blue, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's marginally 
fortunately, a bit more cooler <laughs> than, <Yeah>. than that. <laughs> um, and it's trying to be, it's, one, it's like that kind of music that you, um, or I felt like I would hear in like Germany at like 1am in some weird Berlin mainstream nightclub or something like yeah. that where it's like, this is shit, but everyone seems to fucking love it. So whatever. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, um, it's kind of like Euro House, isn't it? Of like, I think of that yeah, that whole time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, so yeah, they never did a sequel. A lot of people say that you know the Res Infinite and um, Area X is kind of kind of a, a um, sequel by itself. Um, I mean, Mitsuguchi went on. He worked on the uh, recently um, the game Tetris Effect. Which uh, do you know about Tetris Effect? No, I mean, you know about Tetris, but um, uh, Tetris Effect was um, Tetris, but they did it in basically VR. It was the same kind of game as Tetris, but they just kind of beefed it up a little bit and made it um, uh, like a bit more up to date. I want to say they always do this anyway, and they do it on like mobiles and stuff, but this felt like a proper like, um, and again, that was cool. Music was a big thing of it, um, and it was quite nice. But the the real kind of sequel uh, that Mitsuguchi did um, was a game called Child of Eden, uh, which was released on the Xbox. Um, I want to say 360. Yeah, it was 360. And it used Microsoft Connect. Now, for people who don't know, Connect was the camera that you plugged into your 360 and it was a motion detector stuff. So it allowed you to move in front of it and you could play games using your body basically it was kind of like the Wii but this was a camera instead of using motion control uh, yeah. like we did um this was literally a camera um and I had this I had one of those and I had Child of Eden as well and I loved it and it was um you could tell it's by the same you did. did res mm. it was, really, you it was really like wiggle your willy at it <laughs> I did yeah just, <laughs> just using my using my flaccid willy as like an extra appendage to like <laughs> Help me, whatever, <laughs> like touch the imaginary shit that was going on around me in the game. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, but it was still, it was, that was again very zen. It obviously worked a bit differently, but um, that's worth checking out in itself. And I'd be quite happy to do an entire episode on Child of Eden, to be honest. But um, yeah, where like Res is fairly like thumping, dark, like nightclubish vibe to it, Child of Eden is all like, beautiful and zen and lovely and very delicate um but yeah. still is like you know a rhythm thing and it's quite cool it was one, it was one of the only connect games where i was like this is worth getting a connect for and i think that there's only i can't at the top of my head i can't think of another one but th- th- this was one that was like yeah that's pretty cool um it works quite nicely so that was kind of a sequel but yeah they've never they've always talked about a res 2 but it's never it's never happened and to be honest i don't think it's worth doing like it's perfectly fine as it is. Um, and I think it's very much of that time and mm. that style and that sound, you know, just feels fine in 2002 and they do keep bringing it back and I'm sure it'll be brought back again in some form. But, um, I think it's quite safe to say that it's its own, it's its own thing. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. They could do one with music that I like for me. Mm. Well, you could just play your music over the top, <laughs> turn the sound down on the TV. And... <laughs> something you've, more. You've always got that option. Something more gentle, you know, like some. I don't know, some like, Glenn Campbell. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, why not? You know, you can make your, make your own. They could have made Just, it and then yeah. they could have done a like peripheral yeah. thing for it. Like it could have been the precursor to Guitar Hero. You could have had this game and you, you, you buy like your little EDM like keyboard that looks like a fake Roland. And uh, just keep releasing like patches and like different music for it. I mean, Dan, I had that. I had a rock band keyboard. They did. Oh, did you? That. Oh, that's yeah. quite cool. I've got it somewhere. They even did huh? DJ decks, DJ Hero. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet people I use that as well that. to make music, don't they? Yeah, they would have done. Yeah, yeah match music. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could do. I think I played around with it a little bit, but it was, yeah, it's not the best way to do it. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I think uh, let's go into Nerd Corner because for Nerd Corner, I've got um, something which I think is a nice little surprise. Oh, not really, just for me, it is. But let's go there. Is again. it the trance vibrator? Yeah, <laughs> do you feel something vibrating in your bum hole? <laughs> Don't worry, you're being rezzed. <laughs> Welcome to Nerd Corner. 
So Dan, for Nerd Corner, I uh, went and checked out the soundtrack. Oh, nice. To, to specifically Res Infinite, I should say, which is basically the Res soundtrack plus um, the Area X stuff and uh, and all that. So it's a bit more um, comprehensive, let's say. Um, yeah, did you get a chance to listen to it at all? I know you were thinking. Uh, I said I would, but I didn't get a chance. I did yeah. I did see that it had been released. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's fine. It's uh, It's pretty much not really worth your time <laughs> to, be, to be brutally honest um so yeah when i was listening to it it's funny because they've got um so like the first uh the first track is um what's it called bungee running uh okay. good title oh, no, bug, don't you mean? buggy running and um uh, yeah not as good <laughs> it's just immediately like when i was listening to it um i was just thinking yeah this is so like so 90s so typical it's do you remember like the um it's just so many films coming out at that time but like hackers being one it was that kind of music and you've got like that you know you've got those like claps on the snare or whatever and like those beats like early prodigy kind of stuff where everyone just kind of seemed to have like the same kind of sample tracks and we're making had like the same building blocks for like all these different songs they just sound so samey um and yeah it feels like there was like i remember there was some like a lot of software and all this stuff where they just gave you like a whole bunch of loops um like for stock and it's like build your own music using these stock loops (laughs) um and it feels very much like that but i thought you know for the sake of having a listen let's check out um let's check out buggy running the first song so we've got something to compare it to cool buggy running which is from area 01 So yeah, that was by, and I'm going to try and pronounce this, but I'm going to get it completely wrong. Kiichi Sugiyama. Um, Very well done. Beeps, 01. Um, the rest of the tracks, as you can imagine, um, are just as difficult to listen to. It's weird because when you're actually <laughs> playing the game, it feels right, if that makes sense. Like you're kind of, obviously the music's kind of going, but you see more of the, as the music as like, another element of the game but when you're just sitting listening to it on headphones you're like this is not good <laughs> like I, I don't when it's just the music yeah and also like you don't have any of those like game sounds over the top of it like or whatever as you're like highlighting shit um and i think that kind of adds like a nice little bit of texture to it that's just non-existent when you're listening to the songs themselves um but there was one track called uh Joe Duca, Rock is Sponge. And that was mm. from Area 04. Um, and I thought, yeah, let's dig this out and I'll give it, give it a listen.
So Jojuka, Rocky Sponge. I have to say, out of the first, out of the original lineup of tracks, this one is actually my favourite. But <laughs> that's a very low bar. Um, what did you think? What did you think of it? It just makes it makes me laugh because it makes me think of um, you know that when we were younger, just listening to like rock music, be that whole like uh, dance is rubbish, and this makes me think of of all of that music yeah. that was around at that time. And then there's like a distorted kind of computery vocal. Yeah, it's exactly um, that. It's exactly when we, you and me used to hang out in Camden and be going to like Cyber Dog. Yeah. And this is what, that's, it's probably still there, fucking hell, but um, it's just oh, yeah. that kind of music and it's very much of that time. But at least with this one, I was like, it just feels a bit more like industrial and darker Yeah, um, out of all the other ones. So I was like, you know what, it's, it, it's the best of a bad bunch. Um, <laughs> it makes me think of when you'd get a CD single yeah, you know, by a band that was maybe like a bit more on that industrial edge, uh, like Filter yeah. or something, and there'd be yeah. there'd be like random DJ remix, and it would sound like that. You'd be like, what the hell have they done? To it? Yeah, like all they done is just put a fucking beat behind it and nothing else. <laughs> and stripped I mean, away all what, the guitar. Still, what I feel like remixes do the other day, like when we were talking about what was it, like the Wild Beasts ones, yeah, all the remixes. I'm just like, you've just put you, all you've done is just put a dance beat like a drum beat under the, yeah. under the bottom and then a really it's lazy like, it's one. not a song yeah exactly it's like it must take you 10 minutes fucking hell i've been guilty of doing that though as well but it doesn't really matter when, <laughs> when i'm not doing it on any major releases um so um, i'll play a couple a track more here. Go on. there's a track here by cold cut yeah there, 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 i don't think it's uh, yeah i don't think it is the cold cut oh i mean it might be I don't know. Yeah, it is. Is it? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really like that one. Oh. <laughs> it's Cold Cut and Tim Bran. Yeah. Uh, the inventor of the uh, famous flake. What? What? 99 flake? <laughs> Cadbury's flake? He's got, got, got 100 flakes, but a uh, bitch ain't one. Oh. Is it? Yeah, it's a cone. I was going to make a cone joke, but and then I couldn't think of one, so that's the end of that. Um, cone dancing. <laughs> cone dancing. Okay, uh, it's from an episode what? of Alan Partridge, where yeah. the other DJ is trying to mock him for the fact that he got arrested by the police for moving a traffic cone, uh, and he yeah. just keeps coming up with these really bad puns. He's like. Oh, maybe you'll go home, Alan, and watch a program like Cone Dancing, or maybe you'll watch a film like Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> well, I found it funny. That guy oh, in um, yeah. uh, this is going off on one. The guy who that that actor, obviously not uh, Phil Hogan, Cornwell. Yeah, lives down my road. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? No, yeah, literally. You know where my old, <laughs> you know where my old flat was. Yeah. 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 He's literally around the corner from there, which isn't too far from here anyway. Yeah. You know, he used to do Stella Street. Do you remember uh, that? Yes. He did the Michael Caine bits, right? Yeah. Mm. He lived on Stella Street. I did. He never told me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. True wow. story. So, yeah, I see him every now and then. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, the first time I saw him, I was like, he looks really familiar. And I was racking my brains for like an hour. Where have I seen this face? <laughs> oh, Alan Partridge. Um, yeah, Johnny, anyway, that's that. But um, so moving on to the other songs, there's, uh, I've, I've lost it now. Oh, God's sake. There's an um, artist called Oval, and they've got a couple of tracks here, um, one of which is called Octada 0.1. Um, let's have just a quick listen to this and see what you think. So what did you think of that one, Dan? Yeah, much more into that, actually. I would have hated that in 2001. Mm. Um, but I quite I quite liked that. Nice sort of like ambient. Um, we were then some kind of like quite a harsh digital kind of noise, really, in there, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah Glitchy stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. They've got another one on here called P Project. It's in, not Wee Wee, where it might be. <laughs> um, just the letter P, and Dash Project. But it reminded me of like, um like a not like a noisy cigarros or something like yeah like these nice soothing cool tones behind it it's a bit dreamy but then it's just got this like yeah she's this messy glitchy kind of um noise above it as well it reminds me of like 65 days of static or album leaf just that kind of vibe which um i quite liked i really liked it it's kind of veering into the kind of um like electronic harsh digital noise yeah. of like white house or Mersbo if you're into mm. that kind of extremes which I'm, I'm not really but um this is a little bit more yeah. um, prettier yeah it was a little bit prettier um and then they've got a whole bunch of tracks basically by um an artist called hydelic uh, mm-hmm. which was a lot of the area x stuff which was um the vr stuff basically stuff made for it yeah res infinite um i'm i still think it's very european to be honest i don't think it's particularly great um still feels a bit nightclubish though uh just as a final track there is one which i thought was all right it reminded me a bit of being at uni because it sounded i thought a bit like uh fortet um okay I do, I do really like fortet and it's called awakening um and it's cool it gets a bit more hectic towards the end but uh yeah let's just have a quick listen to this one
So yeah, what did you think of Awakening by Hydelic? Um, yeah, I find the the beats kind of off putting, um, but if you strip those away, there's quite a lot of nice stuff in here. I like whatever that instrument is. You know, it's it's um, sort of like a music box or some kind of uh, acoustic folk thing, mm. um, and then. As it culminated towards the end, there's like some sort of like harsh whining noise as well, which I liked that because it was a bit nastier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I felt like it was a little bit different. I mean, I know what you mean about the beat stuff. It reminded me of like when you're in a nightclub and you go to like the upstairs more like bar area and um, it's a bit more like chilled. Yeah. So, and you've got like a DJ and it's just that little bit more like people are sitting down and talking away from the hecticness but it's still kind of going on um if that makes sense it just like immediately just took me back into that thing and i think also because i don't go out anymore not just because of covid but generally being old and having a family and just all these kind of like sounds like just seem to like pull me back into like going to places like this if you know what i mean yeah Um, yeah yeah so it's definitely like a nostalgia um element of it as i'm listening back to it um but yeah, it makes like me think one. of uh, like when it's really late after all the bands have stopped playing at a music festival and you find some hippies and they're listening that's to right. dance music. That always used to really confuse me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it is like that, yeah. It's the intersection between kind of yeah, like folky hippie stuff and the rave scene. Mm. Yeah, this is like a 2 a.m. at a festival with someone you haven't heard before you don't want to go home yet and somehow you've ended up here on a beanbag listening yeah. to this. So- <laughs> someone's doing some fucking poi <laughs> which, I, which i fucking hate <laughs> um so yeah that's the that's the soundtrack uh for nerd corner it's interesting it's all right that's good um, yeah yeah it's uh it's not too bad um so i guess we'll just get into now we'll get into our final impressions so dan what's your what's your final impression having you know, dipped your toe into the world of prayers <laughs> um i think it sounds interesting you know uh it's nice that there's a space or there was a space i don't know what the situation's like now where developers would take a punt on something a bit different mm. um and you know i like i like the idea of a game like this that's not so you know, driven to kind of make you stressed, basically. <laughs> it's yeah. too, too ultra competitive. It just sounds like something you can plug in and have a nice experience. Mm. Uh, no, I agree. Um, well, do you want to, what do you want to, do you want to set me a task for my final impression? Yeah. Can you do, uh, can you deliver your final impression um, as if you were a second state? Um, sort of sperm-like creature in the game. Are you talking about in, like, in a penis in life? Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you uh, a choice. You can, so you can do right. that. Right. Yeah. That that whatever that thing is in the game. Yeah. Or you can do it as if. Um, your trance vibrator is going off in your back passage. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm not doing the second one. There's going to be... I've got kids upstairs. <laughs> God's sake. 
They're gonna think. That's <laughs> no, the thing. It's the fucking uh, weird stick man, or whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> little spermy thing. <laughs> What's it? Sperm. Okay, right. and I kind of say stringy spermy, stringy cheese string sperm. She's digital cheese cheese string sperm face. Got to try saying that fast. <laughs> As I am going through this cybernetic universe, I can't help but think, why am I here? (laughs) What is love? And why am I in this Dutch disco from 1992? (laughs) What are these flashing lights? All I did was take a pill and now I am stuck in this hell. <laughs> and there are things flying at me <laughs> that I can only defeat with the power of music. <laughs> However, I am having a thoroughly good time <laughs> and I can't wait to uh, meet the singularity. Um, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and then I'm imagine- imagining I'm getting like put back in my place like, like Tron, when he gets digitized back into real life, oh, where his yeah. arms go up, and now it's getting <laughs> printed off. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what they thought. That's what they thought would happen. It's like, oh, it would happen like a printer, wouldn't it? Printers come out like that, so he'd be going into the computer like that. That's what I'm doing. Get, 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 get. Um, but I'm buffering, so I'm kind of stuck, just with my nose and my eyes poking out, looking around. I can't. Where's the rest of me? <laughs> Uh, what a predicament to find yourself in if you're stuck like that well anyway that's what we thought but let's have a listen to what other people thought I hate it Dan have you got some reviews for us reviews yeah some of the reviews I read uh, well actually almost all of them said you know this won't be for everyone and you know it's a bit of a marmite game which if you're not british uh, kind of means you either love it or you hate it so i thought i'd find some really um you know divisive opinions online mm. um but i couldn't um almost all the reviews then even those people that said oh this is going to be the marmite game they all liked it and gave it good reviews I can only really find good reviews across the board mm. um well, so i mean I'll, I'll read out a few um this one's a chap called Jeff Gertzman, who writes for GameSpot. I'm going to say, um, he's a quite famous games reviewer. Let's hear what he had to say. He said, uh, on paper, UGA's music shooter may sound a little dull, but it's one of those games that simply must be seen, and in this case heard to be fully understood. The game part of Res is most definitely lacking when compared to that of other shooters, but the visual design and pounding beats make up for the lack in gameplay and turn Res into far more than a basic five-level shooter. Uh, of course, Res isn't for everyone. Um, but if you're in the mood for something that is decidedly different than other games on the market, Sega's quirky, abstract, art-influenced shooter just might fit the bill. Mm. Seems yeah. to hit the nail on the head. Yeah, exactly. Um, Perf- perfectly. That's why he's good at what he does, isn't it? <laughs> Why he gets paid the bucks and we don't. <laughs> and then Dave on Amazon gave it five stars. He said, dreamlike immersion. Uh, this is a review from 2002. 
an amazing experience. Uh, I think anyone that tries to attach the shoot 'em up tag to it misses the point. Uh, this is something you can lose yourself in, something lacking in a large number of console games where one only needs to reach a certain number of points or vanquish bosses. Yes, those mm. things feature here, but as a previous reviewer stated, the sense of being suspended, of playing to the music, of high-stimulus graphics, makes this something else. Try it with headphones, in the dark, and on a large TV or monitor. You'll love it. Yeah, that's um, true. I think doing it on headphones would actually be pretty sweet. I don't think, oh, I did it VR on headphones. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. With a with a fat doobie. Mm, yeah, I think there's definitely an element here where people would get stoned and play this game. <laughs> Um, I specifically <laughs> not going to help you play playing though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I specifically went looking then for like bad reviews, um, and I ended up on this website called Glassdoor, um, and it summed up the pros as being that free lunch is available sometimes. Uh, the cons are that upper management is sexist against females, um, and that we're very stressed in the office. And often asked to stay extra late to crunch for an an ambiguous milestone with an unreasonable deadline. Um, and like I realized every game. I, I realized that the these are reviews of a business called Res Studios. Oh, so uh, it only scores two point eight out of five. So if you're thinking of uh, working there, maybe give that a second thought. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, it's funny you didn't find any bad reviews. I thought some people would be like, oh, a bit shit, whatever. I know. Everyone fucking think it's so great. <laughs> Maybe they existed at the time, but uh, they've, they've been purged from the internet. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, never mind. Um, yeah, but those are pretty, like, yeah, now on the head, <laughs> on the head reviews there. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. well, um, that's, kind of, that's it for Res Basically. Should we have a. Do you see what we're going to do next week? It's a movie next yeah, week. Yeah, a movie. Um, yep. Let's do it. Cool. Let's go on to the randomizer. Press the button. Three, two, one. And come on. Oh, I'm not doing that. I know, like, we have to go with whatever it is, but I've put in Human Centipede 2, and it's just too soon. Yeah, too, too soon, soon, too soon. Too soon for me, Miss One, I'm not, I'm not doing the second one. Press it again. Okay, if we can get hold of it, because it's quite hard to get hold of now, but I'll be up for doing this. Itchy the Killer. Have you seen this? Uh, a long time ago. A uh, long time ago. Basically, this is put on the list. I can't remember it. Um, I haven't seen it in ages. And I really wanted to see it. And all I remember is the opening scene where the titles are made out of semen. And I was like, that's that's basically all I remember about it. And the guy with blonde hair. Um, Lovely. I can picture the cover of the DVD case and that's more memorable to me than the film. It was a long time since I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Okay, well, let's see if we can uh, get hold of it anyway because I've had it on DVD, but it's... Region one, God knows. Um, so if we can get it, we'll watch it and let you know how it goes. If not, tough. We'll pick something else. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. See ya. 
Thanks for joining us on the podcast, guys. We're part of a New Winter group, so head on over to newwinter.com to check out our other shows. Go to patreon.com slash newwinter to support the network. You can email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com and follow this and our other shows on Twitter and Instagram at a new winter. So, see you next time on The Oddcast. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>